When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in. Welcome to Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson, and the throwback Big 8 lid is in studio running it today. Good to see you, Will. We are loaded up. Plenty of football to talk as we inch closer halfway through camp. And uh, we're a little more than two weeks away from Nebraska, Illinois. Numbers to get in today with Hale Bar City Radio, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865, wherever you hear us across the great state of Nebraska. In 15 minutes, longtime coach at Nebraska, director of player personnel, and a guy who knew knew Bobby Bowden really, really well. How about Ron Brown? Coach Ron Brown with us in 15 minutes. We'll uh, reflect on uh, the life and times of, of Coach Bowden and uh, how camp is going. So Ron Brown on the way. It's a Monday with Charlie. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride will join us. And then over the years, we've been pretty blessed to, to have a lot of fun sit-downs with a number of people. And uh, Bobby Bowden has been a guest on the show before as Bobby and Coach Bowden passing away over the weekend. So we'll uh, rewind. We are the king of rewind around 7.30 Saturday mornings with the weekend edition of Hale Varsity. But uh, our sit-down with Bobby Bowden, this was from around 2015. So Coach Bowden was in town for the uh, Remington Trophy celebration. Uh, of course, Dave and the crew always saw an awesome time at the, the Rococo. And Bobby was the keynote speaker. So we had a chance to, to sit down for about uh, 10, 15 minutes with Coach Bowden. I know you uh, were, were listening to it, Will. You're a big oh. college football guy. And I know uh, Bobby Bowden, I think his last year at Florida State was 09 or 2010. And then Jimbo took over. But uh, Bobby Bowden was great. And I remember as a kid those Florida State games. I don't remember the, the early years where they came into Lincoln a lot of times and won. I'm more so the burned-into-my-mind bowl game losses where there's the Fiesta Bowl and uh, it's, a, it's a tie ball game and Florida State scores with four seconds left to, to upend Nebraska. But Florida State really built their, bra- their brand, their power by playing the who's who of college football. That included Nebraska, and they got some wins on the road. And then to bring everything, everything full circle – Though really, the, the, the game that, that took Nebraska football from good to great from a confidence standpoint was that 94 Orange Bowl and the heartbreaker loss with the missed field goal mm. by Bennett at the end and the loss to Florida State 18-16. to But 
uh, from that loss, uh, you know what happened. And Nebraska went on to win three or four championships in the 90s. Hmm. Uh, and the game I, I never got to see that I always wanted to see, Florida State's last national championship was in the 1999 season. Uh, they played for it against Oklahoma in 2000 and, and got shut out or close to being shut out by that Oklahoma team that, that Stoops won, in his, won with in his second year. Hmm. But uh, Nebraska... They, they they got hosed by Texas in '99 down there in Austin, and Nebraska finished 12 and one, and finished number two in the country behind Florida State. I would have loved to have seen Nebraska against Florida State oh. in the Sugar Bowl for a chance at a championship. Mike Vick and Virginia Tech were undefeated. Florida State took down uh, Virginia Tech. So. Uh, long and short of it is, uh, they're, they're a bit of kindred spirits, Florida State and Nebraska, and Florida State used Nebraska to to gain street cred, and Nebraska became great by continually trying to, to, to take down and chase the teams like Miami and Florida State. So we'll hear from Bobby Bowden in, a, uh, in about an hour or so. Ron Brown, shortly, we'll dive into some... Thoughts on Nebraska football. Phone lines are open as well. We'll take some of your calls and get to some of your emails as well. Let's go to uh, uh, you know one of the first families in, in Husker football. That is Craig Artez with us on Hale Varsity. Artez, what's up, man? You on the road? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm on the road, but I got my earplugs in. How you doing, brother? Good, man. What do you know? Well, you know, I, I had so much respect for Coach Bowden because, like you said, like you uh, said earlier. He wasn't afraid to play the big, big-time programs because he wanted to build his program. And in that 1980 squad, they actually came in and beat us. We were ranked number three. They knocked us off 18 and 14. And then the following week, they went to Pittsburgh and knocked off Dan Marino and the Pittsburgh Panthers. So they had back-to-back upsets that year in 1980. I that think was, they went. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think they went like 11-1 and one or 10-2 and two that year, and they played o- OU in the Orange Bowl that year, didn't they? No, actually, actually they were 12-0 and 0 in 79 and lost to, 11 and 0 in 79 and lost to Billy, Billy Sims uh-huh. uh, in, the, in the Orange yeah, Bowl. Yeah, so they lost, to, Sims, lost right? to Oklahoma. Yeah, but yeah, that 80 team was nuts. I mean, they're at LSU, yeah, they, they're at Nebraska, they're right. at Ohio State, they're at... Uh, at, yeah. at, at at Pitt and Marino, I mean, it was it was insane. <laughs> yeah, they went they went ten and one. And I think they lost Oklahoma State in the bowl game in nineteen eighty. I can't remember. Okay, might have been it. But I tell you what, the most respect I have out of the Bowlers because I remember after after the eighty one game when Roger ran for two hundred thirty four yards, he complimented Rogers that he's the best back he's ever seen in the country that year. So, That's what Bobby Bowden said about cool about brother Roger Craig. Yeah, after that 234-yard game he had, and that 94-yard touchdown run at the time was a school record. Man, so, that's yeah, awesome. That was that was, but yeah, they they he had some great teams, and I, I think the best thing he ever done for the coach Osborne is Osborne asked him. Well, I think Osborne asked him about what he should do about as far as his defense, and he said we need we needed more speed. And that year, that's the year we moved Ed Stewart from uh, safety to linebacker because mm-hmm. we needed more speed on defense. And the rest is history. Three national titles in four years. So. That was awesome. We're going to talk to Coach yeah. McBride in an hour about that that relationship with Florida State and the influence, right? Yeah. With there's two programs, Artez, that you know when Nebraska went from their five two or their three four to to the to the four three and uh, the speed speed speed. They looked at right. they looked at Desert Storm Arizona with uh, with Brewski and company, and then they looked exactly. at Florida State right with Derek Rogers, two smaller yeah. linebackers, Brewski and 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 uh, Brooks, Derek Brooks. So 
pretty and cool. I think it was after that after that '93 uh, national championship game. I think Bobby came back for a banquet in Omaha for Coach Osborne. I don't know who the I don't know who the banquet was for, but that's when they had that conversation about getting more speed on defense and. That's you awesome. Know, the rest is history. I love it. Artez, Two more we, weeks, brother. I'll see you in Champagne. That's bro. right, man. I can't wait to see you, right. and we'll get into some football Sounds here. Good. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Okay. All right, that's Artez. Artez uh, doing good work, man. Trucking across the country. That's uh, Roger Craig's brother. So uh, appreciate his listenership, and man, it, it's it's fun. And I know. Will, when we talk about football season, this is typically the time of of season. Man, the expectations are high. Everyone's undefeated. There's a ton of optimism. And let me ask you this. Let's just kind of let's kind of drill down. It's yes or no and why. Are you more do you, do you think Nebraska can be more explosive offensively? The 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 short answer is yes. My why is I like the the talent they have. I I know it's unproven. But I think that the difference for me as to why blind faith-wise, I can say, okay, I can look at the receiving core, and I, look at, I can look at the quarterback, I can look at the offensive line. Nebraska needs to put up 30-plus points a game in Big Ten play. Yep. Not always, not always going to happen against certain defenses, but you got a fighting chance. It's not knife to a gunfight if you're – if you're scoring 21 or 24 or 17, you get to that 30 number, easier said than done in the Big Ten, you're in the game. Sure. You're, you're absolutely in yeah. the game unless your your defense is getting shredded. So I, I look at this and I say, look, Nebraska needs to be more explosive on, on, on offense. Uh, they have been good, but at times their big play didn't get to the end zone and then you get red zone issues, right? So yeah. I think Nebraska, just because of the body types, and I'm going to say, look, I, I think guys will be much more comfortable with the amount of work they've been able to put in together. Didn't have that a year ago. That's my why. That's why. Can Nebraska's offense be more explosive? Will they be more explosive? I'm going to bet yes yeah. versus no. And if I'm wrong, I'm out I'm out a little bit of money. But from yeah. an optimism no, standpoint, yeah. are you – where are you at? Because you grew up, you've, you just graduated, you're a Nebraska guy. So you remember the Sioux years and then each year – you're you're a Lincoln kid, man. You you, the, the hair on the back of your neck will stand up because it's almost football season. Yeah, you still feeling that or no? Uh, you know, I I like what you said that you would rather bet yes than no. I'm with you there. I think if anything, we're we're gonna be uh, a little more explosive. Three re- reasons why I think that. I think we finally got a re- receiver that's big. And, and can run mm-hmm. in Omar Manning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Adrian, who you know has a good shoulder now. He, he can really sling it. Also, we got that offensive line, Schmitty. That's probably the most comfortable we've had that we've seen right in the mm-hmm. past three seasons. Those things combined, I think we could be a little more explosive. But it's all got to click, right? It, it does. And when it comes to explosive passing rate, Nebraska ranked 98th last year. That's 20-plus yard gains. And 114th in yards per point. So there's the the marvelous hmm. alg- algorithm equation that, that puts yards into yards equal points. And, and no has <laughs> no. been the answer for the Nebraska no. offense. And they're, they're trying to fix that. But the thing is this, I think it's all right to say Nebraska's got some dudes. Now, the, the big question mark is consistency. Nebraska football show some consistency 
and and I think they can with their options. They've got a lot of options, and they got a lot of big-bodied options. And I don't know if you kind of overanalyzed the uh, the video put out with the scrimmage yesterday, but you, you saw a lot of good things, and, and you, you saw a lot of Johnson playing defensive back. That five-star transfer from Ohio State was mm-hmm. was locking up people. Yeah, Smitty, and the guys are looking as far as bodies. They look bigger, man. And oh, they you, they you are. Just I mean, love that. six two, six three, six four, a couple of tight ends. No, you love it. I mean, you needed to get Big Ten big, mm-hmm. and, and Nebraska and Coach Frost and the gang have done that. So, when it comes to to optimism, it's really in the eye of the beholder because nationally, Nebraska's not on anyone's radar. They just want to see Nebraska, what what type of progress they made, and, and to a man between Brock Eward, who's a national analyst, or or Joel Klatt, their take is, look, year four, let's see something. Uh, they they were excited three-plus years ago when Frost came in. Now it's year four. Let's see what can happen offensively. But it, it's so important to, to get some relief offensively in a run game mm-hmm. and, and then have that kind of patty cake together with the, the the pass and the run yeah no i'm i'm excited for it the consistency part is is the question because of the experience and guys for the most part are going to be new in the receiver room or new to their role yeah but that's okay i mean you, you, you needed to do a makeover uh and get some guys to step up at wide receiver they've gone out and got the dudes let's see if they can get it handled handled uh, on Saturdays. Who knows, Schmitty? Maybe we were more consistent than we think last year, although maybe if we just didn't have those uh, penalties to, to break up drives, maybe it was better than we think. But I don't know. Let me, let me what you think of this, Smitty. You know, as far as being comfortable, one thing that I'm comfortable about or that makes me feel comfortable about this team is how long we've had guys on campus. We've actually had guys on campus under this coaching staff for three years now, and I feel like if you were to put in, you know, an uneducated, uh, you know, like uneducated kid in a, in a job that he's never done, he'll be able to do a little bit after three years of just seeing things. I don't know. Well, yeah, you need to be yeah get get better, get comfortable, understand your role, know what the task is. Right. Here's how you go about it every day to be successful at what you do. Just from from the job analogy standpoint. So, no, it'll be interesting. Uh, pretty cool list out by Adam Rittenberg and the topic of of underachievers. Uh, that is uh, something laid out this drought poll, and it, it's the who's who of college football. When we talk droughts, Tennessee, 1998, since the championship, Nebraska, 99, Miami. Miami has not won the Big East or the ACC. Miami has not won a championship, a conference championship since 03. Michigan has not won one since 04. A&M, 98. UCLA, 98. What's all of these programs have in common? Well, how many coaches have they been through? Yeah, right. Tennessee's working on five. Nebraska's working on four. The U's been through a ton of coaches. Michigan. Think about Michigan, since Nebraska's even joined the Big Ten. I mean, you have Harbaugh, you have Brady Hoke. Those are the only two I remember. You had Rich Rod. I mean, yeah. I'm young, obviously. No, but but Michigan's been through a ton of coaches wow. since Schembechler. Interesting. A&M's kind of cycled through. Yeah. They've been through three. Right. UCLA's been kind of a tire fire. Uh, we'll see if, if Chip Kelly kind of hones it down. Because UCLA's public university. 
It's so hard weird. as hell to get in. I've totally forgotten Chip Kelly was at UCLA. It's but Nebraska, and, and Rittenberg's right, Nebraska for what they are when it comes to location and, and talent in, in the vicinity, Nebraska's always been the ultimate overachiever. But the last eight years, and thanks to three coaches, 49 and 47. Nebraska's two games over 500 in the last eight years. And uh, that is no good. But the, the king of all underachievers, start barking with me. How is Georgia? How has Georgia won one national championship in 41 years? It was Herschel Walker. Last time the Georgia Bulldogs won a championship, 1980. Wow. <laughs> now they, they played for one in 17. They've had a couple yeah. of top five finishes. They, they were the king of top five, 10 and two. But, man, they uh, they get heat for not living up to their hype. Uh, we'll check in with Ron Brown. His thoughts on Bobby Bowden, Nebraska football. Coach Brown next on Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio on a Monday. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Our rewind interview one hour from now with the great coach Bobby Bowden. So uh, our sit down with him a few years back. We welcome in a tremendous coach for Nebraska, d- director of prayer, player development. Now we say hi to Coach Ron Brown. Coach, it's been a little while. How you doing? Good, Schmitty. How are you, buddy? I'm good. The uh, the humidity treating you okay? Oh, yeah, man. I can handle that. No, I know you can. Are, I, are you throwing balls it. right now? I mean, are you just getting the old left arm un- loosened up? <laughs> yeah, you always got to keep that thing going. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the the, um, the the weather for camp has been overall good. I mean, it's good for us. So mm-hmm. The humidity is good. We've had a couple of cooler days as well. Well, Coach Brown, I want to get your, your thoughts and some memories on, on Coach Bobby Bowden as uh, Bobby passed over the weekend. But I know a man you were really close with. Yeah, I, I love Coach Bowden and uh, great man, great man of faith in the Lord. And uh, I know where he lives today because of his faith in Christ. And that was paramount in his life. Uh, I almost went to work for him back in 19. 19- uh, 94, you know, right after the 93 national championship game, uh, you know, he offered me an opportunity to come and coach the wide receivers there, but I was coaching wide receivers and tight ends here with coach Osborne. I thought about it and I'm glad I stayed. I love coach Osborne more than anything, but, uh, I have great respect for Bobby and his family. I've gotten to know, you know, I, I, I didn't know them all real mm-hmm. well, but I've met just about all of the Bowdens. I was with Tommy a few months ago, His uh, one of his sons, former head coach at Clemson. So great family, and, uh, you know, we'll miss Bobby. What a great coach. What a great turnaround at Florida State. What a uh, kind man, a lover of people, and um, uh, not only a great coach, but, but a great man. Ron Brown's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Tell us a little bit from, from your experience, that, that Florida State-Nebraska dynamic from a from a, a matchup slash coaching standpoint, Nebraska pretty well documented how Coach Bowden built his program anywhere, anytime, and Nebraska was on the schedule, and he had success in the in the early '80s against Nebraska. A lot of Florida State Nebraska matchups, either in the Orange Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, and then I I, I kind of point back to that '94 Orange Bowl where 
Nebraska was so close uh, at, at the buzzer uh, to claim a national championship. But was was Florida State one of those programs that that I guess you guys I don't want to say we're, we're chasing, but that's that was the next step for the program, and, and obviously after that things were, were incredible with with the championship numbers you won. You know, Smitty, it was always a tough out for us uh, to play Florida State or Miami in the Orange Bowl uh, after winning the Big Eight back in the 90s. You know, being a top five team in the country, maybe it was one loss, maybe it was zero losses going into that game. And it was a tough out because they're, they, those programs were extremely talented, as you know. They were gifted players, well-coached. Um, so, yeah, there, there, was, there was some memorable games. The 93 National Championship game, which was the 94 Orange Bowl game, um, was a classic. I mean, it came down to a last-second field goal try that that we missed, uh, obviously. But but uh, what a what a what a game! And 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 even prior to that, there were some some excellent games. I remember my first bowl game for Nebraska ever was the right after the 1987 season, and we played Florida State in the Fiesta Bowl, and of course they had a, a gentleman named Dion Sanders, who was uh, an outstanding uh, corner for for Florida State, and and of course, uh, you know, I, I, over the years you just got to respect not only the how they recruited and had great players, but the way they were coached. They were tough. They they knew what they were doing. They had great schemes. Um, and you know what I loved, I think, the most about Florida State and Nebraska was that we never played secrets with one another. In the off season, we would hook up. I mean, I remember Florida State coming to Nebraska and sitting down with our defensive coaches and talking through things. Here we are playing them in the Orange Bowl every other year. Uh, and, and we were learning from them. They were learning from us. Uh, so we never held stuff back. You know, today it's almost like CIA for crying out loud. I mean, everybody's, uh, you know, um, uh, trying to um, uh, operate out of uh, secrecy and seclusion and so forth. And to a degree, I get that. Mm. But I think the main thing was that there was great respect between Coach Osborne, Coach Bowden, uh Two great men who were who were friends who shared a lot of the same values. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were going to recruit the right way. They were going to treat players uh, with tender care and love, and yet firm discipline. There were a lot of similarities in both programs. A lot of the men that Bobby hired over the years, we got to know as as friends, and, and there were a lot of the similar type people. You had veteran coaching staffs. They didn't change coaches very much so there were a lot of similarities and uh it, it became a great uh postseason rivalry even during the season from time to time florida state would play nebraska and that was always a classic game early in the year as well ron brown's with us hail varsity radio coach thanks for for sharing your, your thoughts and, and your memories on on bobby bowden and that nebraska florida state dynamic uh, before I, I, I ask you about some, some of 2021, w- was that a really tough call for you? I want to go back. Uh, tough call for you to to not have the opportunity, I mean, I, to, to go to a Florida State, but you'd been in Lincoln for, for quite a while, too. So I'm sure it, it was, it was uh, a great opportunity, but, but this place felt good for you. You know, Schmitty, uh, it, it just kind of reminds me of how 
we tend to define success. You know, I, I had a lot. I was a younger, still a younger coach at the time, and uh, Bobby loved our receivers. You know, he loved. You know, we had the itty bitty committee, um, so we had guys like Abdul Muhammad, Corey Dixon, Reggie Ball, Riley Washington, and some of these guys. And and um, he he loved the fact that our receivers were fast and quick, and they were tenacious. They would block, and so I I think he he respected me. Uh, we we were a lot of in the same circles mm-hmm. spiritually. Um, but but and I and I people were were encouraging me then to say, look, you've been in an option offense as a receivers coach for a while. You need to get into a passing offense. This, these were people, guys who were in the profession for a long period of time. If you want to climb the ladder or whatever that means, you better learn some you know other systems and so forth. So, you know, I was still trying to figure things out. But as I as much as I respected him and saw that potentially as an adv- adv- advantageous for me in my career, it was more important to me to be around the right people uh, versus the right place. And and I always loved Coach Osborne and what he was doing here, and I loved the people in Nebraska. To me, it was more than just a a career move. My wife could have gone either way with it. She was very gracious in in, in the process, but um, I, I I just felt like the overall piece with ministry and football and the people of Nebraska um, and Coach Osborne that that outweighed. You know, as much of a career advantage that Florida State might might have given me. So, anyhow, that's just there's no place like Nebraska. Maybe that's the maybe I should have said it that quickly. No, that's fine. <laughs> I, I like the the backstory. Ron mm-hmm. Brown's with us on Hale Varsity Radio, Coach. Uh, you don't have to divulge too much, obviously, but uh, are things looking good? Is everyone pretty comfortable here halfway through camp? You know, I, I I love football. I love Coach Frost. I love what we're doing here. And, uh, you know, like I said, there is no place like Nebraska. I mean, this is a, a great place to be. Love our players. Young. We're young. We're growing. And uh, the spirit, the enthusiasm, the intensity level, loving it. Love every bit of it. Does it feel like two weeks away for the season? It's, it's, it, you know what, man? It, it's come on us fast. I'm glad, though. I'm glad that we're the first game in college football. I'm glad that we get a chance to, um, you know, uh, lead off the uh, the college football season here in 2021 after uh, a, a real difficult year uh, in the past. I think it's just classic that we get the chance and the privilege. That's a God-given privilege, as far as I'm concerned. To, uh, to to kick off America in college football this year in in, in Illinois. So yeah, looking forward to it, and uh, I'm glad we're just two weeks away and we're we're getting ready. Last thought, I've always wanted to ask you: Did you enjoy coaching the wideouts more or coaching the running backs? <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of people ask me that over the years. But I never have I, because I just like well, this. I'm, I'm I'm curious though. I mean, you had a, a lot of yeah. a lot of good dudes to work with. You know, I've coached a lot of positions, Schmidt. When I was at Brown University as a young coach, uh, when I first started coaching, I was coaching the defensive backs. When I came to Nebraska, I was coaching the wide receivers, tight ends, and the wing backs. Um, and then I uh, was coaching uh, at some point there with, with Coach Polini the the full the fullbacks and the tailbacks. 
So I've had a lot of, you know, almost every skill position, uh, uh, you know, on the football field I, I've coached and I've loved them all. And I'm one of those guys that really enjoys, um, you know, what I'm doing at that time. I'm very content and excited about that. But at the end of the day, I look back at all of it and I go, man, I, I'm so glad that I got a chance to coach all of those positions because it's helped me to understand the game better. It's helped me to fit and uh, take a look at the, the fits of all these things and see that there's so many similarities, even among the differences, there's so many similarities and skill sets that can be passed on from one position to the next. And so I've always enjoyed that part of the game. So I can say honestly that uh, I love them all and I can see the advantage of being uh, being multi-faceted mm-hmm. in that way in my coaching career, and I thank the Lord for it. Coach Brown's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, about 30 seconds. Just real quick, uh, going from DB to, to receiver coach, did, did, did that help that transition back early in your career at Nebraska, going from the defense to the offense? It really did, you know. Some of the some of those early DBs, uh, DBs at Nebraska when I first got here, guys like Lorenzo Hicks, Brian Washington, some of those guys would say to me, Coach Brown, why don't you come over and, sh- and teach us a few things that you learned as a defensive back and a defensive back coach? That'll help us. Our receivers, even though we had veteran receivers at the time, Rod Smith, Tom mm-hmm. Barrett, Darius, Dana Brinson, Richard Bell, some of those guys, they were like, well, look, Coach. You, you know, guess what? We'll help income. We'll help acclimate you to our new offense here because it's new for you to be on this side of the ball. But tell us some of the secrets of defensive backs. Mm. And so it was a great, really mix early on for me to be able to share other side of the ball types of things. And I always was able to teach coverages and tendencies to DBs over the years in our perimeter blocking and receiving for, for the, all those years as, as a receivers coach because of my background and experience as a defensive back coach. Coach, this was great to chat. We'll do this again soon. Thanks for a few minutes today. You bet, Schmitty. Thanks for having me on, man. God bless you, buddy. Take care. Ron Brown with us. Good to hear from him. His thoughts on Bobby Bowden and some Nebraska football. Hail Varsity continues. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Ron Brown. That's posted shortly, the ESPN Lincoln On Demand section or the ESPN Lincoln Twitter. And uh, good for Coach Brown. Uh, pretty excited about the team. The season's around the corner. And uh, his thoughts and remembrance of Bobby Bowden. We'll talk with Charlie McBride here. Some thoughts on the Husker Black Shirts as we gear up for Nebraska-Illinois here in 20 minutes. And that partnership, it almost feels and sounds like, between Nebraska and Florida State because of, of the staffs getting along so well. That's so odd where, I mean, it feels odd, but it's really a, a testament to absolutely being comfortable and confident in how good your program is to be able all right florida state let's uh, let's get caught up between uh that florida state defense and then what nebraska's doing and i didn't you know i mean that, that's always going to be the, the the trev alberts game trev going off i mean it was you've got sue's performance against texas you got trev alberts doing work against charlie ward in florida state those are Really two iconic hmm. moments uh, individually for a Nebraska defensive player, right? I mean, Levante David had 2,000 tackles and 
do his thing, and, and he was great against Penn State. That that's also kind of in my mind's eye there. But no, good stuff from Ron Brown, Charlie McBride, and then our interview coming up with uh, with Bobby Bowden from back in 2015. You mentioned Nebraska and Florida State, you know, doing that, getting together and talking. Sounds like that's something Bowden was just always about. You know, going back to when he was with West Virginia and uh, the Marshall plane crash, letting mm-hmm. them come in and look at stuff. The Veer offense, a special mm-hmm. guy, man. He he was, and 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 you just have, uh, and we'll talk to Coach McBride about this. But there's a few coaches and staffs that that really get along together, and and I think it's as simple as this. I think Bobby Bowden remembered a guy like Coach Osborne giving him a chance, taking a risk. I mean, it had been a hell of a lot easier for Nebraska not to play Florida State because <laughs> right. they went two and six against him. Yeah, it's all good. Good luck, Bobby. Uh, don't need to come up here and, and upset me to start the season <laughs> in 1980. Right. Okay. But no, uh, it was going to make Nebraska better. And it obviously made Florida State, and it gave them some some street cred, which was really cool. I mean, prior to that Hail Mary game against BYU, the last opener Nebraska lost was against Florida State in like 85, I think. 85 or 80. It might have been 80. Yeah, it was 85. Wow. So... That's who Nebraska was playing, and then Nebraska would hook up with them in those those Fiesta or Orange Bowl games, and it went from really close to getting stomped by them to coming back and, and almost taking them down. Four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five numbers to get in. Let's talk quarterbacks here, and Athlon has their list of Big Ten quarterbacks. In the ranking, and you have two Nebraska quarterbacks in the top 14, one former and one current. And uh, you go down the list here, and Noah Vedral comes in as the, uh, the, the last-ranked quarterback in the Big Ten. Uh, when it comes to starting quarterbacks, you have uh, Rutgers uh, posting about uh, 26 points a contest last year. That was a step forward. And, and Vedral did a really nice job of contributing to that. Uh, they almost took down Michigan last year, that double overtime game. Uh, Brandon Peters comes in at 13. You can say a lot about Illinois, but, but Peters did have a road win in Lincoln last year, mm-hmm. former five-star transfer from Michigan. See, this is the thing. When we talk about games that Nebraska needs to get in 2021, as back and forth as Nebraska Northwestern are, in, the, in how tight those games are. Nebraska, air quote, should have an advantage at quarterback uh, with Adrian versus Ryan Holinsky. I know he's a he's a, a transfer from South Carolina. Uh, you have Petrus that there's not a lot of belief in. Like, I will be really, really good if he's super good, but he's more of a, a caretaker, all right? And he rebounded after an 0-2 start, so... Uh, Petrus is is good. He's big. He's a typical Iowa quarterback. Michigan State's quarterbacks in there. Uh, you've got a guy that could be really good, but we've heard this song and dance before with Michigan's quarterbacks, right? Yeah, they're all still still waiting for their version of Andrew Luck. Sure. Okay. Coming in at six, just in front of Sean Clifford at Penn State, Adrian Martinez. Mm-hmm. Do you think Adrian's the sixth best quarterback in the Big Ten? And let me ask you, for Nebraska to go where they want to, because Adrian's uh, right behind Little Tua at Maryland, uh, in at four is Graham Mertz, 
Eight at three is Tanner, Captain Morgan for Minnesota. <laughs> Stroud is not taking a snap, but you've got this pedigree of great quarterbacks at Ohio State. And I agree with the top quarterback in the, uh, in the Big Ten's Michael Penix. He's phenomenal. He's dynamic. He is so yeah. good as a dual threat. Where, could, where, where do you think Adrian could end up? That's where I want to go with this. Yeah, oh, he's, man. he's preseason six. I think if he finishes preseason top three, you've got eight or nine wins. Yeah, I like that. I got to be honest, I'm not big on Tanner Morgan. I know they love him up there. And he showed some good stuff, uh, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Martinez maybe gets above him after the season, Schmitty. Well, you've got – you have a history of, of kind of just wild wide receivers at Minnesota. Yeah. Right? And, and you have this kind of wait-and-see mode going for Nebraska's receiver group that we all think they're going to be really talented and be able to step right in and, and again, be comfortable and consistent. That all said – uh, Minnesota's just kind of reloaded that position. That's kind of a wheelhouse for Fleck. We'll see. Um, no, I think I think for Nebraska's offense to go where they want to go, you need Adrian to be, you know, a a first, second, or third team All Big Ten quarterback. And Coach Frost told us during media days he's got the ability, the talent level, to be Player of the Year in the conference. He's got the ability to put Saturdays on film against opposing defenses that are Penix like, right? When you look at when you think of Penix, you think of him running, extending plays, deep shot downfield with one of those Indiana wideouts. I think of a bunch of shootouts that Penix has been in. Yes. Be it with Penn State or Ohio State or Indiana scoring forty against somebody. And he is so good. And from a from a pre- completion percentage standpoint, Penix has always had big plays, but the, the accuracy's not been as good as some other quarterbacks in the league. I think Adrian's accuracy is is pretty high level. It's yeah. pretty top shelf. Mm-hmm. Can you factor in some more of the big plays with that? And the injury card, right? Exactly. We, we look at all the quarterbacks. Who hasn't missed time at quarterback in the Big Ten? Petrus? Yeah. Yeah. Petrus, whatever you say. I said Tetris, my fault. But. I, yeah, I mean, there's a few. I mean, Graham, didn't Mertz have something? Uh, oh, he he oh, was dinged. Yeah. He was dinged. I mean, it's always been musical quarterbacks at Michigan. Right. Little Tua uh, played played high-level ball, but, you know, wasn't consistent. Vedral missed time. You, you've not had a – Penix blew his knee again. Right. And, and really, it's been Morgan. Morgan's been it. Yeah. Morgan's been like the one guy that's been able to make it through a season. And Minnesota, you know, went three and five last year. But again, 30 people down, one in Lincoln. So we'll wind down this first hour. On the way, Charlie McBride and our rewind with uh, the legendary coach Bobby Bowden. Tail Varsity were presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Less than an hour, we will have uh, win totals and some 2021 projections in the NFL. Over the weekend, it was a who's who with the class of 21 for the NFL Hall of Fame. You had the Sheriff, Peyton Manning, of course, with Tom Brady, 
in attendance. Uh, Tom needed a little more product in his hair, a little frizzy. Uh, I'm going to go that way, judgmental-wise. Jimmy Johnson, whose hair still does not move due to product, uh, got introduced by his guy, Troy Aikman. That's phenomenal. Uh, Of course, uh, Covert, the old Bears uh, offensive lineman, that was cool. And uh, Charles Woodson, man. Charles Woodson was uh, a pure pleasure to watch. Uh, that was high level, high high level class of Hall of Famers. This is a little bit from Peyton Manning with his Hall of Fame speech. Now, when we leave this stage tonight, it is no longer about us. It is about cultivating the game that has given so much to us. It's about nurturing football to live and thrive another day, another year, decade, and another generation. It's about guaranteeing that kids everywhere can learn, bond, grow, and have fun with every flag pulled, every tackle made, every pass thrown, every run, block, sack, and touchdown scored. The audience here tonight is made up of diehard fans who feel football deep in your bones. Now, we may have ignited the fire, but you, you have fanned the flames. Inevitably, those flames will be whipped by the winds of change, but they don't need to smolder. The future of this game is ours to shape. We just need to take tomorrow on our shoulders as readily as we donned our pads before each game. Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you, and God bless football. God bless football, says Peyton Manning. You've got uh, tears, laughs, memories, and thank yous for Peyton and I'll tell you this, Edron James getting his gold jacket as well. Edge, one of my favorite guys. Got Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning, Edron James, and of course, Coach Mr. Tony. Uh, part of that Colts run there in the 90s and into the 2000s, which was really cool. Uh, Peyton Manning guy or not? Was he, your, was he your quarterback growing up? No, he wasn't. Brett Favre was. The Favre. That's right. That's right. But I, I will always remember him uh, surprisingly going to Denver and uh, winning that Super Bowl in his first year. That was very impressive. Yeah, that was cool. And Denver's still been looking for a quarterback since. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> hey, Deshaun is apparently on the market, Schmitty. No, I know. I mean, after five days off, you have uh, Deshaun that is back at practice now. That's right. You got to feel for anyone that goes to to the Texans. Oh man, because it's been uh, it's been a mass exodus. Yeah, right. Oh. Our old buddy uh, Brent Qualley now is off to Tennessee. He had spent uh, a couple of years. Now Malik's down in Houston. Okay, Malik Collins is down there. So uh, we'll get more of your calls. We'll have some thoughts with Charlie McBride, and then that rewind segment, our sit down from a few years back. The Nebraska-Florida State mystique, the uh, the coach that just passed away, legend, and he was fun to be with uh, that afternoon, Bobby Bowden, our interview with Bobby Bowden from a couple years back. On the way, it's Hale Varsity Hour 2. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Underscore Radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Back with you, Tower 2 at Tale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson in today. Find us, follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt. And uh, give Will a follow on Twitter at uh, Willie on the radio. Excited to spend some time here with Mr. Blackshirt. It's another Monday with Charlie McBride, Coach McBride with us. Coach, how's the weather? How's your uh, How's your Monday treating you? Good. It's good. It's just a little overcast, but uh, that's good. We don't get sunburned that way. <laughs> well, we've got a, a heat index of 108 right now with uh, with a heat advisory. So, welcome to August, my friend. That's right. Uh, we're we're uh, sitting in the air conditioning right now. We spent some time outside. That was enough. So I bet. <laughs> I bet. So uh, how are you feeling here as we get closer to kickoff with uh, with Nebraska as far as, you know, what this season can be? How's the optimism level? Well, it's, it's good. I mean, I don't, I don't get to see them practice, so that's the, hard, that's the hard part. And so you don't know exactly, you know, what to expect because a lot of times I can tell, you know, how the players are – you know, responding and practice and things like that. You know, if you get if you get times when you're playing, practicing hard, you usually find the same thing in the game. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because at Illinois, that you know, with a new coach and you don't know what they do, that's really tough deal on the defense because you don't have a you know, you don't have a clue really as to what they're doing. Uh, maybe you can look at some stuff that they've done in the past at Arkansas and maybe Wisconsin a little bit, but <clears throat> it's hard to it's hard to really you know play a team that you have a new coach and um, and then you really don't know exactly you know where you're where, where you're headed. Mm-hmm. So that's that's tough. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Mondays with Charlie. Coach, a couple of guys I want to get your gauge on, your thought. You know, what uh, What type of year can a guy like Ben Stilley have? How How big is he for this defense? Well, I think, you know, I, I know he's got a, a ton of ability, and I think it's a matter of consistency is, is probably one of the bigger things, you know, with him. Um, you know, as, as he started out, you know, as, as early in his career, he was really rushing the passer and doing some things that were pretty outstanding, I thought, for a young guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I think the thing is, is he's a lot stronger probably now and a little more confident in what he's doing. That's the biggest thing. You know, when you get into this league, and, and his leadership will just show. I mean, he... He doesn't have to be a big talker or any of that to, to be a good leader. And I think that, um, you know, he's kind of leaning in, in that category, trying to help, you know, as much as he can um, without being, you know, over overly, uh, you know, just going over the board, overboard about it. Because I think the players all respect him for what he's done in the past. Another guy I want to get your take on is Ty Robinson. You've got the old guard in Stilly and a guy that really played well as a younger player in Ty Robinson. I know you were familiar with him out of Arizona. Right. 
Well, in reality, you're looking at probably you're looking at a real pro player, you know, the guy that can eventually, you know, do it. It's going to it's going to mean a lot of off-season stuff and work and and things like that and they be having, you know, a good year and I think he'll get better as time goes on, but I think he's, you know, he's got the he's got the temperament and he's got the, you know, the savvy to be a an NFL player. And I think he can, you know, he can make a difference on the defensive line. I know that sometimes, you know, when you're younger, you you, you don't have the, the maybe the the full confidence that he that he will have as the season gets going. Confidence is so important. It's important for this team to to get out of Illinois with a win, right? It's important to get off on the right foot. I think defensively, and you tell me what you remember or saw, I think defensively they, they got quite a bit confident as the year went on, and I just specifically right. say that because of how how much better they got on, on getting off the field, Coach, on third downs. That's right, exactly. And and that's a, that's going to be the key. And, you know, and three and out is a, is a big thing. And, and it's, uh, um, you know, it's something that you get – put inside of you, you know, and field positions. Another thing, if you can get some turnovers and do some things where you have good, you end up giving the offense good field position, boy, that makes a ton of difference. And then I think, again, the other thing, too, is, is that the offense, you know, is, is it's important. And once you get it, that they control the football and, they, you know, and they can continue to move it. But uh, you know that that those things you know the defense is responsible for the offense and and I've always looked at it that way. Uh, you know, people say, "Well, you win on defense," and you do. If they don't score, you win, <laughs> and, and that's as simple as that. You know, it's um, and and so the thing is, is you want to you want to try to hold the points down and things like that. You know, per in in games, you know, and you want to. I remember one year we had a really good defense. We were only in the goal line defense nine times. Wow. You know, so <laughs> gives you an idea a little bit about, you know, and I never knew that till the end of the year. I don't keep up with all that garbage, but <laughs> it, um, you know, it's, it's, it's important that, uh, you know, that you get the field position for these guys. But, you know, turnovers and, and, and mistakes and things like that, you know, just, you know, they're a big, big thing. I mean, if you can make people make mistakes and do things and force holding calls, I mean, you get good pass rushers, they're going to they're gonna grab a hold of you. They're going to get some holding calls on them. And, that, and that's where, you know, you start to really you get your three and out and things like that. Pressure is going to be so key getting after the quarterback. I want to flip it around before we <laughs> – before we talk about uh, Coach Bowden in Florida State, offensively with Nebraska, what are you excited about on the other side of the ball? And I ask that because of your experience, obviously, as offensive line coach for a lot of years prior to going to defense. But what do you think the offense and Adrian can be this year? Well, I think the biggest thing is is the ball control. You know, you can say all you want about having a wide-open offense and all that kind of stuff, and 
I mean, you know, Florida had all what they thought was a wide open, you know, run and gun and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, when you get right down to it, you've got to control, you've got to stop the run. I, it, 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 that, that's the one thing. And that's what the offense has to do is run the football and, and make people stop and make them stop it, force them to it, because your whole passing game is going to open up on that. I mean, that's, that's where you get the, the things done. And I, I think that, you know, just a little bit I know. I, I know that quarterback is, position is, is, you know, a, a tough duty. And, um, you know, if, you, if you, you count on your quarterback to run with the football all the time, it's just a matter of time. You know, I mean, you get them banged up and stuff like that. <clears throat> but from what I saw last year, and I haven't seen early this year, but I think your backup quarterback, the young kid Heinrich, is you know is is a got a good chance to be the backup. I'm sure, mm-hmm. but I think that he's you know he's he's going to be qualified. Okay, so there's some some talent in the wings waiting behind Adrian yeah, with so, Harburg. Right. Yeah, I think uh, you know that that would be that would be the thing that I think you know is important. You know, you have to have depth at the, you know, all those positions, and you know, I know the big running back that they have. I mean, nobody's talked about him, and nobody said a whole lot about him. But when you're getting short yardage stuff, and you need some yards, you need a stud in there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, you need to have a guy that can get two yards for you. And, mm-hmm really pounded in there and and i think that you know that's that's something that's you know can keep the ball moving well, and um and the, that's what i yeah that's what i think yeah. you know that you know looking at that i've always been kind of in favor of being a team that can run the ball just because of the where the situation is with weather and things like that in Nebraska. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio. Two weeks till the season gets kicked off against Illinois. Coach, I want to get your thoughts on on Bobby Bowden and uh, huh? that, that bond you guys had with Florida State specifically when it came to, to switching your defense up. Well, I tell you, I had a, I had a really great experience with with the Florida State. In fact, uh, I spent probably as much time talking uh, football with those guys as I did with anybody in college. Uh, um, they had me down there three or four times. Um, I spoke at some of their clinics. I spent time with their defensive staff uh, quite a bit. And, uh, you know, Coach Bowden is the salt of the earth now. I mean, there's, I don't know another man that, that cares about, you know, his coaches and his players than he did. And, you know, and he was always thoughtful of the other people, you know. And, I mean, I have letters from him, you know, when, when they beat us with a field goal and, uh, you know, I, I got a, a note, and he the thing, the first thing he says, you beat us in every category, but it was just our year, because the year before, if you remember, they missed a field goal, which cost them mm-hmm. everything, and um, <clears throat> you know, but he was he was nothing. I mean, he's a gentleman through and through, and he's what coaching is all about. He's uh, he's straightforward. He's honest with his players, and and. 
and they have fun playing for them. Coach, I want to get your thoughts on that 94 Orange Bowl specifically, just how great your defense played. And I know I remember just how well Trev played that game against Charlie Ward, but your entire defense, I mean, you held, a de- you held a, an offense that was supposed to be scoring 50 on everybody. They barely, well, <laughs> d- depending on who you ask, <laughs> they, they barely broke <laughs> double digits. <laughs> Anytime you name Charlie Ward, you make me nervous. <laughs> well, not meaning to do that to you. <laughs> well, he, he uh, you know, I, I think Trev had a, I think Trev might have had a couple of three sacks. In he, that he went game. off. He was uh, great. Yeah, and uh, you know, that, that, you know, playing playing against them is is not one of your one of your most exciting things, <laughs> things when you know what you're going into, because you know they always had speed, they always had were really well coached. I mean, they they had some really really good good football coaches down there that fundamentally were it was that that was the name of the game with them. They. They, you know, they felt like if they were fundamentally sound and strong, they could. They didn't care what defense they ran a lot of times or what what it was. They they just played well, and uh, you know you were in for trouble. And uh, but it, it, playing against them is is how you find out how good you are. And I, I remember one time I remember Christian Peters saying, "If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best." And um, I think that was so, so important, you know, uh, when, when you play teams like that. I also remember Coach Osborne saying, that, you know, before a game that we didn't have to win this game, but what we had to do was play every play as hard as we could and the score would take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And if you did lose, then you got beat by a better team. If you did, if you played as hard as you could, then so on and so forth. So then you didn't have anything to be ashamed of. And, and that's kind of the way it was when you played Florida state, you just, you had or Miami or whoever mm-hmm. you wanted to 94 was, you know, what our offense put those guys to sleep mm-hmm. and uh, they just physically kept the ball and kept their defense on the field until they folded. And well, so that, 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 that's one of the reasons why I think it's important that, offensively your consistency um you know you just keep pounding people and 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 you know and put with the passing game the way it's improved now you've got a lot of different weapons Mm -hmm. charlie mcbride's with us mondays with charlie remembering uh coach bowden that florida state uh experience uh, against nebraska and uh coach i can't wait for uh, a week from today we'll (laughs) Get closer to kickoff, and but b- before you know it, we'll be uh, we'll be up in Champaign. That's right, and 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 they. The one thing is, is they've really made a lot of improvements as far as their physical plant mm. there, and, and they've really worked hard at in improving their thing. And with a new coach and everything, uh, maybe they have some some new enthusiasm. So they may be the dangerous team in the league. They could be, and 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 Bielema is one there, so he's one in the league before. But it'll be a great chance for Nebraska to to springboard. Coach, you have a good week. You stay okay. cool, and we'll talk next Monday. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've tried to stay cool. I don't know about the humidity; it's going to bust our chops here. <laughs> Coach, appreciate you much. Thanks for okay. the time. Thanks, guys. 
Charlie McBride with us. Mondays with Charlie. Good stuff. We will uh, be back and uh, a rewind on a Monday with Bobby Bowden coming up. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson. Here's our rewind, our interview with uh, Bobby Bowden. Uh, was back in Lincoln around 2015, and a great chance to sit down with him as we talk Nebraska, Florida State. Enjoy Coach Bowden. God rest him. Coach Bowden, it's a pleasure to speak with you. How are you, sir? Fine. It's good to talk to you. Well, Coach, uh, I want to first and foremost start off with your association with uh, the Remington Trophy, and you're coming back to Nebraska, and Nebraska fans remember so many classic Florida State-Nebraska battles. Yeah, and I, I I have many great memories of Remington, too, of how he deserves this trophy in his name. Because I, I, as I look back through the years that I coached, which was 57, yeah. I, I felt like he's one of the best centers I saw. You kind of built up your program by going on the road and, and anyone, anywhere was kind of your mentality, and you won a lot of ball games, Coach. What made you... Have the, have the guts, I guess, to go on the road like you did. You played at Nebraska so many years, even through uh, through the mid-'80s. I, I wish I could claim I had the confidence <laughs> to sign that, that, that schedule. Mm-hmm. But here's what happened. When I came to Florida State in 76, they had, they are, they had already been scheduled for the next 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> so you walked into it. <laughs> I, I walked into it and I always said when I re, when it reaches 1980 or 81, mm. because I had to play, I had to play Nebraska, Pitt, Ohio State, Notre Dame, LSU, back to back away. And I, and I said, my goodness, I gotta be gone before we get to that, cause I'll never get through it. You know what? But it really it ended up that that when we beat Nebraska in 1980 in a big upset, it kind of put Florida State on the map. Coach, that following week you took out a, a thank you page in, in one of the papers. Is that correct? Yeah, I sure did because I had never been treated that good. <laughs> I, I, I I started to ask uh, the the Nebraska fans, "Are y'all sure y'all know that y'all lost?" <laughs> they were so they were so complimentary to us, you know. And I'll never forget that because, gosh, there's so many stadiums you play in. When you walk off the field and go through the tunnel with their fans hanging over the top, or go on or off, you you get abused. Bobby Bowden, Hall of Fame coach with the Sale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, what do you think of college football today? You have a new four-team playoff that's implemented. Florida State's vying for a, for another championship, and the program that you built and left in such great standing. You have the SEC that's so tough to get through. You're, you're familiar with what Saban and Alabama are doing. And then there's the Big Ten. Kind of ballpark college football, if you could, with uh, with your view on it right now. Well, you know, uh, I've, I've been asked that question quite a few times. My opinion on college football today. In my opinion, on the field, it's the best I've ever seen it. Mm. It keeps getting better and better and better. I mean, the scores keep going up, and the stars are exposed, and the records are being broken. And on that, from that aspect, it's as good as I've seen it. Now, off the field, we've got another problem, 
and that is these young men that uh, disobey and don't don't abide by the rules that we have for our football teams and the NCAA and and even morality. What was your approach? Because you were a father to so many guys over so many years. You said fifty-seven years as, as coach. I mean, how did you? try and straighten some folks out? How did you keep kids from getting into trouble? I think Tom Osborne and I were very much on the same page of the way we handled it. You know, my, my thinking was always when a boy broke a rule, try to save him if you can. Uh, because I felt like if I didn't save him, he's going to be out on the streets again. And that's where it's not a good place to be, you know. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I could solve the problem by, by not kicking them off the team, but uh, there, there are other ways to discipline the kids. You know, you, you can take his meal tickets away from him, or you can take his housing away from him, or you can run him up and down the steps every morning and start at 5 o'clock. There are a lot of ways to discipline a kid, and, and I try to use those methods rather than just, you know, the fans want you to kick them off. You know, they, they like hangings. You know, they'll all show up at the hanging, you know. But I, I, a coach a coach recruits these boys and he try, tries, to, tries to treat them like, his, like he would his own son, you know. And if these fans were the father or the mother, they'd be the same way. Coach, uh, speaking of recruiting, uh, why do you think you were such a successful recruiter? I know you had a great staff, but you were the closer. And the, the talent you had down there at Tallahassee was incredible. Yeah, and we didn't come to our great, greatest success until until I became the head coach at Florida State. Mm. And that, that answers the question, mm. why Florida State? Because in the state of Florida, you got more football players you can shake a stick at. You know what? There'll be at least 150 boys come out of our state every year on, on 1A, just for 1A scholarships. And there'll be another 150 coming out of, uh, at lesser schools. So there's plenty of great players down in Florida. And if we can get our share, we're going to be good as anybody, you know. You ain't going to get them all, you know. It's 150 boys to, to sign, and you can't sign but 20, and Florida can't sign but 20, and Miami can't sign but 20. Well, there's, there's 60, 70 more boys that's going somewhere, you know. But anyway, I think being in the state of Florida, uh, I, I came in at the right time. Coach, what was your, your message? How did you differentiate I mean, Nebraska was powerful, Oklahoma was powerful, Bama had their ups and downs and then won a title in the 90s, and then there was always Florida, Miami, Florida State, that triangle. How did you differentiate from Miami and Florida when you were pitching? Well, we, uh, like I say, we, we, we just got it. When we recruited, we got to get our share, gotcha. and we did that. Yeah, but Miami got their share, too, and Florida got their share, you know. And other out-of-state schools would get some, but they wouldn't get their share. Not out of Florida. They had to get them out of their own state. And uh, as long as, like I say, as long as we got our share, we can play with anybody. And so our, the, the only games we lost back in those days, uh, except exceptions, was to Florida or Miami. You know, we had, well, 10 national championships came out of those three schools in about 30 years. That means every third year, one of the Florida schools is going to win a national championship. That's the way it was back then. And then all of our programs went down. Went down. Florida went down. Miami went down. We went down. And now Florida State's climbed back on top. And Florida and Miami are just a step behind trying to get there. 
Let's touch on, on, on kind of climbing up top. You mentioned and you just touched on the, the, the ten titles between the three Florida schools. And, and Nebraska rose to power and got confidence in that 94 Orange Bowl against Florida State. What do you remember about that game, Coach, and then the run that Coach Osborne went on? Well, that's a good, that's a heck of a good point, Jim Mitch. Tom Osborne's one of my favorite people. Uh, when Tom and I played for the national championship in 1993, I think it was 94, right. but it was after the 93 season, mm-hmm. neither one of us had won a national championship. We'd come in second, we'd come in third, we'd come in fourth. And he had done very much the same thing, but we, couldn't, we didn't win. So everybody, oh, they can't win a national championship, can't win a big one. You know, everybody hears that. And so we won. Well, gosh, that got, that got me off the hook, you know. But there's Tom, still on the hook, you know. And so, and by the way, they outplayed us that day. Uh, Miami, I mean, uh, Nebraska outplayed us that day. We were just very fortunate to win. Well, they missed a field goal. It's like we always did against Miami. But anyway, so anyway, but the amazing thing was Tom wins the national championship the next three years, I think. Was it three in a row or three so, out of four? Uh, he could have played for, they could have played for four in a row. They won two in a row and then won a third his final year. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and like I say, deserve, they deserve the win against us. But we won. And, but that, that was amazing, and I was, sure, I was so glad for him. It, it was uh, an incredible moment. How did you deal with criticism? Because you, you set a bar and a standard so high, you built it, and then you hit a level. I think you went 14 or 15 years finishing in the top five. I mean, it was yeah. incredible. Uh, yeah. how, how did you deal with, with criticism, Coach? Well, you, you're going to get it, you know. And I think, uh, you know, I had three of my sons go into college coaching. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing I told them, I said, now, look, you, you're going to get you're going to get criticized. You're not going to win all your games, and you're going to get criticized, you know, because you're in the public eye. And if you can't handle that, you better go find another profession. Well, anyway, you know, me raising them, them coming up in my family, and seeing how people got on me when we lost, mm-hmm. and see how people hung me in effigy and tried to get tried to run me off. You know, they they've been through all that. So they knew what to expect. They went into coaching. That's the nature of the job. And if you can't stand it, get out. You know, and it, that part hadn't changed. Bobby Bowden with us, Hale Varsity Radio, legendary coach, Hall of Famer, national champion, Remington Trophy, keynote speaker coming up in January, January 17th, Rococo Theater. Coach, it was a... Uh, crazy weekend in Nebraska. Coach Bo Pelini released from his duties. What's your reaction to that? Well, I, you know, not being there, uh, I'm, you know, I'm always on the coach's side. I'm always on the coach's side because I went through that. But, gee whiz, was it nine win? Did, did he win nine games every year at least? He did, nine or ten. God, well, you know, that's one thing I found out at Florida State. When we won our first national championship, they expect you to win it every year, and, and probably the same thing on Tom. You know what? But to win nine ball games every year and then get fired, boy, you, ooh, does that mean the next guy that comes in, if he loses, if he only wins nine, do we fire him too, or do we fire the AD? Mm. You know, that's a that's a tough question to answer. How hard a sell is Nebraska, not only from the nine and ten wins dismissal side, but also from a recruiting standpoint? Now, you've got the brand, you have the history, but in your mind, if if there's a a coach that could be a fit, how hard is it for him to pull the trigger on a Nebraska job? 
Well, that, that you're you're right. You're exactly uh, to me what Nebraska. They've got to find the right guy, whoever that is. You know, it would be ideal if he was a Nebraskan. It'd be ideal if he played at uh, Nebraska. It'd be ideal if he's had success at a major college or, or success, you know. Mm. And uh, But I think it's very important they get the right guy because football has changed, you know. The things I was telling you about uh, coaching in Florida, 150 boys signed every year to 1A. How many is going to sign out of Nebraska? And uh, so I, I just hope they get the right guy and he can get that thing I mean, hey, it's hard for me to say turn around when they win a nine game. You know, I got let out because I didn't win but seven, you know. But uh, anyway, good luck to them. Have you enjoyed retirement? Yes, I have. Uh, people ask me, do you miss coaching? I said, no, not one bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was 80 years old when I got through coaching and probably should have got out earlier. But, no, I haven't missed it because being retired, uh, you're free. You're free, you know. And uh, I still speak all the time. I was up in Nebraska probably a month and a half ago to attend a high school football game and make a little talk, you know. And I'll be be up there again in January. So I get to do that, and I do love that and enjoy that. I'm I'm just thankful the good Lord's kept my health good where I could do it. Coach, a uh, pleasure to speak with you. Thanks for a few minutes. Hey, good to talk to you. Good luck to all you guys. Geico presents Motorcycle Word of the Day. Today's word is tank slapper. Is a tank slapper used to describe a handlebar wobble? Or is it a motorcycle joke that is so funny you just have to slap the gas tank with your hand as you laugh? As in... Oh, man, Daryl told me a great joke last night. It was hilarious. It was something about a dog wearing sunglasses. I wish I could remember. It was a real tank slapper. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Bundling home and car insurance with Geico is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Do they have a home and or car? Are they saving lots of money? Do they seem unusually happy? Do they have a child named Geico? Geico! Dinner time! Have they recently purchased a drone? That's unrelated to the Geico thing. I just really like to try one. But if you notice these other things, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with Geico. Bundling is easy with Geico. Just ask your neighbors. Research shows that people remember radio ads with British accents. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, take it from a Brit. Oi! insurance blokes dodging dosh out your pocket. It's balmy. Liberty Mutual won't leave your skin, mate. Uh, can you just say Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need? I think that's what I said, you blooming. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Daisy sheds like crazy. Our hairballs have hairballs. Our cat mama, she has dandruff and an oily coat. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for Cats was coming out. If you love your pets as much as I do, you want to do what's best for them. Dynavite is a life changer. Lately, she's been a lot more... Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One down a Monday, and we have Uniform Gate going on here. Will Wilson, Chris Schmidt, Hail Varsity Radio. That was an awesome 
Rewind with uh, Coach Bobby Bowden, Ron Brown with us, Senior Offensive Analyst for Nebraska Football in the 4 o'clock hour. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, uh, got us kicked off at 5 o'clock. 466-3776-466-37-76-800-825-5865. So what's going on is a public shoot. It's not supposed to be revealed till what the thirty first of August. Is that right? Uh, I don't know. I I thought what? So there was so you, to be... you've, you've got a you got a Nebraska football jersey shoot. Okay. Oh, it's a shoot. It's a shoot. I thought it was like a uh, revealing party or something like that. Well, fans are asked to use the honor system. Okay. Well. I guess with social media, there is always a name attached, whether it's a burner account or not. You will be tracked down and found if you put out the uh, the alternate uniform. I mean, what's it going to be? Red, black, white? I don't understand why. I don't understand why they're telling people not to take photos. I'm so confused by this. Why would you hold it in a spot where people could see it if you didn't want people to post pictures about it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't really get it. But I don't know. I, I'm hoping to see these uniforms. I think they're going to be cool. Yeah, I don't. Where's the, the shoot at? I, I have no idea. I have no clue. Who cares? I, I really, I, I could give two craps about the alternate, alternate uniforms. Legit. Yeah. Don't care. Don't care. Yeah, you Get remember, off my yard! You remember those, uh... It was like one of the first years we were in the Big Ten. We played Wisconsin at home. It was just the, the yeah, old was, N and then the W. It was the, the ugly uniform game. It, turned, it all about turned into the ugly football game. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> Those were awful. Now, the black looks good. Yeah. They just don't ever win in them. No. Period. That started with UCLA. <laughs> okay, let's talk NFL for a little bit. And tomorrow, Will, what are you putting together tomorrow? I'm, I'm taking Junior to, uh, to the Royals, uh, oh, assuming the, the Royals still get to play the Yankees because of Yankee COVID issues. Yeah, is Garrett uh, is Cole back? Do you know? I don't think so. Not, but not no, yet. No. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to go through the archives, Schmitty. You just, just don't want to. Uh, you just don't want to crush it two hours by yourself. Well, I, I might. I might. We'll or see just what happens. mix and match. Yeah, depends on how you're feeling. I Because you're only doing like three shows a day. Yeah, well, you're just yeah. the busiest man in in Lincoln, man. Proud of you. I appreciate you. So, NFL. Are you betting on anybody but Kansas City or Tampa? Well, I'm, this may be an embarrassing thing to admit, but I was up at Ameristar uh, really? about, about a month ago. That's good. We did Monday night footballs from the sports book up there. Great sports book. It's good fun. food and everything. Yeah, exactly. And they, you really can bet on anything. And uh, that's where I went wrong, Schmitty. I really liked what the Cardinals did in the offseason. I, li- I like the Cardinals, too. Yeah, right? J.J. Watt. Well, get this, man. Plus 4,600. To win the Super Bowl. Ah. So and you put down a hundred, you win forty six hundred? I think that's what it is, but I put down twenty. You know, I'm 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 just I was, I was early out of college. It was no, uh, I, 20's twenties all you can do. Yep. I appreciate your gambling budget. Thank you. You get it. You get it. So I got that ticket going for me, and it was strictly value. I don't think they're gonna win, but hell if they do, that's uh, that's not bad. No, that was really cool. So you have the NFL in their listing. And, and right now, it's it's Tampa, it's Kansas City, and I'd be down to see that rematch. 
Oh, me too. I would. Yep. I thought, it, I mean, it wasn't a good Super Bowl, but it was a phenomenal regular season game. Kansas City still is the favorite. You've got uh, the Cheetah. You've got Kelsey. You've got Mahomes. Defensively, Kansas City's done well with their defense. They may not shut anybody out, but they do a great job of always finding two or three pass rushers. Yeah. And this is the reality for the Chiefs. They need help on the offensive line. They went out mm-hmm. and addressed their offensive tackle issues. Right. Tampa's brought everyone back, uh, and they are a 15% chance to win the whole bleeping thing. Chiefs at 19%, Tampa at 15%. Buffalo Bills. How do you feel about the Bills? Now, I'm, I, it's shaky, man. Like, is, is, this a, is this another Panthers team that goes to the Super Bowl and then is just bad after? Or they, is they, this, never, they never return to that form. Exactly. Or is this a team that actually has something going for them? I, I think Josh Allen's a good quarterback. I think he's awesome. Yeah. And I think the guys love playing for him. They, they have upgraded their, their skill talent. They have been good defensively. I, I I I see it. I think I'm more bought in than the. Bills. Are you are you are you buying more Buffalo or Cleveland as an alternative? Ooh, that is rough because I really like Cleveland's what the Browns fun. Did. Yes, Cleveland's fun. But if if push comes to shove, I'm trusting Allen more than I am Baker. Good point. Okay. Good point. But all around pieces, I really Miles like Garrett, what the Browns though, did. And yes. of course, Clowney now off the edge. Yep. I mean, Cleveland's talent. for real. They got offensive talent. They've got Chubb at back. Kareem Hunt is a Kareem's, solid backup. Kareem's is. awesome. Kareem's your starter anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you're coming off suspension and, oh, yes, 1,800 yards rushing. Let us just drop you in behind Chubb. And Perfect. you love him or dislike him, you got Bill Callahan killing it with that offensive line group. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it comes down to Baker just kind of managing and then making a play from time to time. You know who could surprise us? It's Baltimore. Yep, they're they, always they, there. They've been right there. They've been fourteen and two before, right? And then they got Tennessee. Yep, <laughs> the old Nash, <laughs> the, old, the old Nashville hit parade Jeez. through that postseason. I love watching the Titans play too because they're just so mm-hmm. so good with uh, play action, and then they. Find the tight end. Are you, are you surprised on how far down they are on those percentages we're looking at here? 3%. Uh, lowest on that list they gave us. See, and, and I don't know what that is. Henry's not out of gas yet. No. There's still plenty of, of tread on his tire. Right. You got Julio there now. Mm-hmm. And, and I know Julio's been injured, but Julio, to me, is the, the perfect compliment for a great offensive line. Tannehill's a money play action quarterback and you got Henry so you've got Julio that can stretch the defense. The 49ers are at 2%. Green Bay uh, at uh, 2%. And then the Seahawks. I think uh, I say this. I think Seattle's window has closed. Sorry uh, Carson Schmidt. I think the Rams with their switcheroo at quarterback can be nice. Uh-huh. Now, I don't like their running back situation. No, not now. With with uh, what's his name? Akers. Yeah, with, with Cam Akers was awesome. He's... Another really good Florida State back. With Cam Akers going Achilles, that's no good. No. So, and I think San Francisco. The, we've heard good things about the quarterback situation in San Fran. Yeah, we haven't seen anything, but apparently Lance is playing good. Schmitty. Yeah, Lance's money, and then you still got Jimmy G, and does he get shipped out? Uh, death taxes and the Texans allegedly getting the first pick overall. That's the other 
like no-brainer next time uh, Willie J, his glorious mullet, and his old Big 8 hat go back up to the boats, go back up to the sports book. If you see uh, Willie J tending bar and he, you, need, you need him to do something for you uh, legally uh, as far as a wager. Thank you. It might be... It might be worth stretching that 20 into 100 about the Texans securing the first pick. I think they have already. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time. And uh, Will Wilson and Willie on the radio taking care of you tomorrow. I'm taking Junior to the Yankees and Royals tomorrow. Then I'll be back Wednesday and we'll be uh, rolling our sleeves up for uh, a bunch of football. Next Tuesday, we'll be out at Cunningham's in Kearney uh, on the lake. A little road show Tuesday. See our old buddy Doug Duda out on Central Nebraska Superstation. I hope Duda's there. I mean, he owes me some mozzarella sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe something frosty to draw to, to drown that down with. But no, road, I love doing shows out in Kearney. Love seeing our, our affiliates out in central Nebraska. They're incredible. And I uh, love all the listeners from Kearney, Hastings, Grand Island. But I love Cunningham's being out there, which is sweet. And I've not been to the one by the lake. <laughs> so you're going to have a day at the K tomorrow. A little bit. I'm going to have a day at the ATM yeah, tomorrow. Well. Uh, because happens. he is going to want he's going to want barbecue. He is going to want uh, Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Kidding, that's me. I was going to say the beers aren't cheap either. No, but he's going to want. You know, it never fails. And there's pictures dating back a thousand years of him saying, "Daddy, get me that." <laughs> now he calls me another name and says, "Don't want that." So, but he loves the frozen strawberry chocolate on a stick. Okay. Yeah, and he always—it's the forty-seven thousand dollar fruit on a stick that you buy at Major League Parks. I would, I would hope that we're we're back to our roots, and and it's it's you know Helmet Sunday time tomorrow. There you go. Yeah, which is good. I love it. I'm going to eat healthy tonight. Worked out really bad and hard yesterday, <laughs> so I'm going to pace myself tomorrow, and it'll be good, roadie. We're going with Uncle uh, Uncle Andy, cousin Chandler. Uh, Don, Don, the Royals guy, and then uh, Papa Al is uh, chauffeuring us. It's good to go hang out. Oh, that's going to be a blast. I actually went to the, or earlier in the season, Smitty, I went to the best baseball game I've ever seen. It was a Royals game. They played the Tigers. Okay. Walk-off home run by uh, Santana. And, and there's nothing better than the juice you get from a crowd. Oh. And if Salvi's uh, hitting one deep, if, per, you know, if, if, if Santana. Now, Royals look a little different. It sucks that there's no more Duffy there. Yeah, well, and Solaire, even though it wasn't really fun to watch this year. No, but he's he's been a big bat for him for a while. Right. Meanwhile, uh, Carson's just praying there's no more COVID tests for for the Yankees because you, you got no more Cole, you got Rizzo that's out. Aaron Judge is who he wants to go see. That's his guy. And uh, last time I got to take him to a Yankees game, he uh, he met Reggie Jackson. Wow. This was years ago. This was about the same time we talked to Coach Bowden, oh, wow. at least a year. But it was uh, it was an interview out at, at uh, Mile the, the 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 Coors Field. Sure. So uh, cool. Reggie made the roadie and did that. So Junior's got to sign. You know, one of those 
He's like, Dad, I need a new Yanks lid before we go on vacation. I'm like, whatever you want, son. Love you. Uh, so it was one of those cool gray and mar- gray and navy batting oh. uh, batting practice hats that yeah. run you like 50 bucks, you know? Sure. So that has never been worn because it was signed on the bill oh. <laughs> by Reggie Jackson. But at least it's in his room. At least the dog didn't get it. Thank God. Right? We don't want a, a, well, uh, a Sandlot reenactment of a, of a signed baseball being chewed up and spat out. Enjoy your time up there, man. No, it'll be good. We'll be back late tomorrow night and uh, be back uh, on Wednesday afternoon. Get the podcast. Great stuff today on Nebraska football as the season nears. And remembering the legend Bobby Bowden, we heard from Bobby Bowden, the Rewind segment, Coach McBride, and of course, Coach Ron Brown. Big thanks to Will Wilson, Chris Schmidt. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.